0: Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Hashtag Be The Good In Your Hood. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the essential change that can occur in your place, in your neighborhood, and in your life through simple acts of hospitality. We are your hosts, Dave and Jen Colley.
1: welcome to this episode. We are super excited. We have Christopher Swanson here with us from Kansas. We have um, some questions that we want to dig in today, but I'd love, Dave, if you would just want to introduce Christopher to our listeners and um, give us a little insight into the fabulous guest we have with us.
0: Yeah. Christopher is not just from Kansas anywhere. It's from Wichita. And I would say that it's in the south part of Wichita. There's probably certain neighborhoods he can get into that. um, But he is with and representing the Good Neighboring Movement. Uh, They have kind of a national footprint and a national voice with people across the country and globe around the uh, kind of the idea of what is good neighboring, um, really kind of going into and and looking at their assets and really asset based um, neighboring. As we welcome him, um, Christopher is the program assistant. So we're going to let Christopher kind of expound on that a little bit on his role and take 30 seconds or so to kind of tell us a little bit more about neighboring movement and what asset based neighboring looks like. And, uh, yeah, Christopher, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you both. That was a fantastic introduction. So thank you. Um, and it's good to be here. And, uh, yes, yes. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, I like you said, I feel, fulfill some random hats at the neighboring movement um, and do some podcasting here on our end, um, do some blogging, do emails, um, just a lot of random things. But mainly our work is, as you said, focused around encouraging people to get to know their actual literal neighbors that live around them and um, and then to, to start to work with their neighbors and um, to collaborate with their neighbors around the things that they are passionate about, around the things that they are gifted uh, around, and to, to do that asset-based community development work in their own context, um, just building upon their own skills and the things that are already there. So that's that's kind of what we're into and um, a pleasure to be here and certainly a lot of alignment with, with what you all do at Hospitality Matters. So it's exciting to, uh, to get to chat about.
1: For sure. I think that's what makes it exciting to talk together because I think, oh, what if we were neighbors and we could be doing this <laughs> together? But the cool thing is we're doing it in lots of neighborhoods around the the nation. And so I would love to hear about you in your neighborhood. And if you could just tell us what you feel like your role in your neighborhood, aside from the neighboring movement, just you as a person living in your neighborhood, how do you see yourself in that place? Mm.
2: That's such a good question um i think the the place i wanted or i would start is to be just fully transparent like i am a young person who is kind of in a period of transition right now in terms of i i was living in the soci neighborhood where the nonprofit where i work the neighboring movement is based um and then now i'm actually in a point where i uh was finishing up college in uh, last year. And so I moved back uh, home with my parents to kind of save money and to live with them. And so uh, I think I'll I'll probably try and share a little bit from each of those settings because they're kind of they're kind of different. And it feels like I've kind of got feet in two different places. But uh, so I guess I would say in in the Soce neighborhood, um, where I was before, it's too hard to pick one. So I'm going to go with learner and Celebrator, <laughs> so the two names. Learner just speaking to, you know, I was living with a couple of the co-founders of our nonprofit, living in the place where they've been for 11 years now, um, and just getting to To learn from them and their amazing neighboring and the neighbors who they've connected with over the years, but then also to get to kind of celebrate all of what was already happening and all the things that um, all the connections that have just spiraled and snowballed over the years and the relationships so so it felt like a lot of celebrating there, where I'm at now. I would still say I'm a learner, but I would also say kind of mover is the title that I was thinking about just in terms of the neighborhood my parents are in now is is kind of a mostly middle age and older kind of neighborhood. And so I'm actually one of the fewer young people around. And so I think a lot of the times that I'm connecting with folks is when I'm just out and about on a run or a walk, kind of moving about in the neighborhood. And then I also, in a quite literal way, like one of the like other ways that I connect very often is people just call me up and ask me to help them move things because (laughs) I have a young back and I can do that. So it's a a way that I think I can be like legitimately helpful. Um, But uh, and it's also just a great way to connect with everyone. So anyway, that's that's what I was thinking about in the midst of it. Kind of a funny one. But.
0: Yeah, that's that is a great description um, as far as a role. And sometimes you don't go out and try to look for those roles. Sometimes they're just offered to you because of what's around. And it's cool to see you, you know, in different places. Say, okay, well, in my my neighborhood here, in my transitional kind of, I'm here living with other people, kind of under some kind of gurus of neighboring. I want to learn from them. So that was kind of a role that you kind of just, you know, gravitated toward. And then you hear, you go into this new neighborhood that's really different and you're just out and about. And the role is almost dictated for you because people see you because you're out and because of your, your age, they're like, oh, you could help me with this, or you could help me with that. And anyway, those roles kind of maybe are, are ones that are given to you and not necessarily sought out. So that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Uh, It was interesting that your role as a learner transferred through both of those. And I think, what if if we were all like that? What if we entered our neighborhoods, whether we'd been there for 10 years or two days with that perspective of I'm a learner, I'm growing from Mm -hmm. the people around me, I'm learning my place and the place that I live in. And Oh, wow, that's a really incredible inspiration. Of what if we were all learners in in our neighborhoods? What what amazing things we would find! So, thanks for sharing that. That's really exciting.
2: Yeah, I think that's the uh, the asset based community development that's been like I've been steeped in that, and that it's definitely the the idea that like there's already good stuff happening, and you guys speak to that so much too. Like there's already good stuff happening, so often we don't even have to precipitate it. We just have to learn from it. And I'm trying to keep being mindful of that. and now, like you said, I'm in the position of now I get to learn from my parents and their neighboring and um and so it's cool to to get to step into their setting where they already have some relationships and some connections and just get to learn from them too so.
0: Yeah. Right. So as we jump in here, um, before we do that, what's what's a way for our listeners to kind of find out more information about the Neighboring Movement and maybe this asset-based information? What What's the way for them to reach out to you guys?
2: For sure. So um, yeah, so our uh, nonprofit's website is um, neighboringmovement.org. And so that would be an easy way to connect. We have kind of all of our resources there. Um, we do have a podcast as well, like I mentioned. So the Neighboring Movement podcast you can find on our website. Um, and certainly... There's a lot of resources out and about on asset-based community development. Kind of the main hub I would send people to is the Asset-Based Community Development Institute um, out of DePaul University. They're amazing, they're the ones that kind of They are, their board chair is um, John McKnight, and he's the one who, uh, he was one of the co-founders of actually uh, the entire term, asset-based community development. And so there's kind of a network of people that they work with around that. Um, So it's a bit of a mouthful, but it's easy to say ABCD. Um, So ABCDI is the Asset-Based
1: Community Development
2: Institute. They have a lot of great resources out there too.
1: Awesome. Those acronyms are so helpful. Sometimes, they uh, are. At least to send you in the right direction. And it's, it's great to be able to have some resources to dig into um, as we head into this. We would love to just hear some stories from you, Christopher, about what good you have seen come in your neighborhood from the practice of hospitality. And as you just spoke to, you have a few neighborhoods to choose from. So you can just <laughs> go with that how you will um, to share with us the good that you've seen.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, I think kind of. Reflecting on this question, I was kind of, I was thinking about how I think at its best, hospitality brings out kind of two things for me. The first of which was is connection and the second is vulnerability. And so I was thinking about, I think connection might be the more obvious one in some ways, like hospitality just naturally sets up those connections. And I was thinking about how in the Soho neighborhood where I work and where I used to live, we have done so much door knocking over the years. That's just one of the, the primary mediums through which we just meet neighbors. And uh, when we're doing things in the neighborhood, that's how we kind of communicate that and neighbors communicate with one another. And so in the midst of that, um, you know, a, a couple of summers ago, we were doing a project where we were systematically door knocking Throughout the neighborhood, we are actually doing a research project on, on neighboring partnering with one of our local universities. And anyway, in the midst of all of that, there was just there was there was one house in particular that their front porch was so incredibly hospitable. It was so um, it was so curated in a way almost, where they had macrame out and they had plants and they had just like colorful kind of tarps and Um, To the point I jokingly referred to it as the oasis, this like front porch oasis, because it felt like we would be on these hot summer days, like door knocking all these houses, and then you would get to this one that was just that. And um, it was just so refreshing and comfortable. Um, But then even aside from that in reflecting on it, I was realizing like even those things just give conversation starters because it was like a little peek into that neighbors like life and passions like could tell they loved macrame and you know that was an instant conversation starter um you could tell they loved plants that was another instant conversation starter so and we often talk about the use of third things in our work at the neighboring movement and so those were perfect third things just like aside from you and them what's a great thing that you can just have a conversation about so i was thinking about that and um and then in my neighborhood now um i just last fall Um, went to a little Oktoberfest party that some neighbors threw and I say little that's not the right word it was massive they invited the entire neighborhood to this and um, I'd never been to a block party of that scale it ended up it was actually the people who uh, are kind of big parts of the neighborhood association um, that that ran it and so I think they were kind of recognizing that they had access to all these contacts that other neighbors might not have and so they kind of became the connectors in that way and through this massive um this massive party um but that was just one where i think they recognized they had a great outdoor space in their backyard for it and the oktoberfest kind of theme was a good third thing like it wasn't necessarily like uh, framed as a block party but that's really what it was we were there to connect and so I think that was that was an inspiring one for me in my neighborhood now. But then moving to the vulnerability piece, I was also thinking about because hospitality, um, part of that is just like giving people peaks into your into your life, um, like that neighbor on the porch. I think there's a vulnerable piece to that in terms of if you come over and I offer you coffee um, that I made, you could hate it. Like you could not like the coffee, it could be bad. <laughs> and then I'm offering this vulnerable piece of me because I love making coffee, and, and you don't like it. And so I think there's that piece there where um, when you're starting to to take those little hospitable steps, you're opening up this, this kind of vulnerable place, and you're actually creating a space for for that kind of vulnerability. And in the Soce neighborhood, I think one of the primary ways I see that is through we do regular what we call Forkin folks. So we have a lot of neighbors who love playing musical instruments. And so we started this monthly potluck meal and then instrument um party basically where neighbors gather and they each bring little snacks and then we all play uh instruments and we have a common songbook with just simple songs and chords and mostly folk songs but a lot of also crowd favorites, hence the folk part of the name. But that's one for me where like, obviously, the hospitality of like neighbors hosting that and inviting in there's great connection. But in the midst of like singing together with your neighbors, it's very vulnerable. Like you're, you. Uh, there's parts where even some neighbors will be like thinking of songs that they listened to when they grew up, or thinking about their dad singing this song this way, and they'll just start singing that thing, and we'll all be like quiet and tensed up, and like they just went into a solo, and like, <laughs> and and so there's like very vulnerable pieces that I think that sort of hospitality just naturally brings up and i think that's powerful because doing that that kind of vulnerability is what leads to trust and building trust with neighbors one thing we always say at the neighboring movement is that neighboring moves at the speed of trust and i so i think there's a powerful link there of like hospitality and these little acts of hospitality that seem little can set up these moments of vulnerability these moments of connection that build trust and that increase that sort of connectivity in the neighborhood and, and neighboring. So it's just all back to hospitality again. But the connection piece and the vulnerability piece were the two that really were standing out to me. And so there's some random stories from my two contexts, but
0: No, that that's really, really neat. I I love it that you talked about connection and vulnerability. Okay, so I'm going to just steal this probably in something at some point. But you said this passion portal. (laughs) <laughs> um, I just think that's really cool. Like this porch was a passion portal to kind of just uh, give you a glimpse of what someone's passionate about. Um, but then you kind of went a little bit deeper and talked about this third thing. Um, do you mind expounding a little bit on what would that look like? I know you kind of mentioned it, but what is the third thing that people could be looking for? For, you know, for instance, if listeners wanted to be the good in their hood and they wanted to make a, a new connection or find out a passion about one of their neighbors, how, how do they figure out what that third thing is or how do they use that?
2: That's great. Yes. I think third things are great because they can be anything. And I think the one that we often talk about at the neighboring movement is dogs. Dogs are like one of the best neighboring third things because they force you to walk. uh, And so they get you out and about, but then they're just such a great conversation starter. Like even sometimes when a person's walking on their own, I think neighbors might feel more um, or they might feel less inclined to just go approach that person because they think oh they're walking I don't want to bother them um or if you're just a more introverted person like that's a little more anxiety producing but I think there's something about dogs and pets that's just like people feel like they can just come up and and see your dog and pet your dog and it's just such a welcoming thing and then it gives you it gives a neighbor a natural third thing to to talk about and to start the conversation around if they're feeling uncomfortable so dogs are a great one but it can really be anything. I mean, bringing, again, baked goods over kind of the classic neighboring example. Um, it gives you an easy conversation starter to to start talking about baking or cooking or telling the neighbor what's in it and asking if they have allergies or or things like that. So, so it really can be anything. The flowers out front, um, just noticing the landscape and, and just being able to have those sorts of conversations. But I think it's anything that really takes the focus or I guess the pressure off the conversation from just being the two, the two people, or the the neighbors involved, um, and I think especially for again folks who might be more introverted or who might experience some anxiety around the idea of getting to know their neighbors or chatting with their neighbors, that's really helpful because you end up talking about the two of you really and your your own passions, but you don't you're kind of tricked. You don't you you don't think you are because you think you're talking about this thing, but actually you're sharing with them a passion of yours um, or a, a part of your life, which is yeah. really
1: what you were saying about vulnerability is that it gives really a safe place to be vulnerable in those conversations because mm. you don't feel like um, you're on the spot or um, it's all about you. You feel like, you know, you're talking about your dog, which really is a safe place to be vulnerable with another person, especially someone maybe you've just met for the first time. Um, I noticed as you were explaining that you said things about, this um, <laughs> one, I said, I noticed. You talked about noticing and looking and seeing things, or maybe even having something with you and, Um, I think that too is what I'm hearing in your connection piece is that you're noticing not just the person standing in front of you, but also what makes them up, you know, whether it's what's on their porch or what they're interested in and that there's really a lot to notice in our neighborhoods, but also about our neighbors.
0: Yeah. Well, this, this is a fantastic um, kind of nugget there. I'm just thinking here, taking some notes that I, I, I want to lean into that third thing. Like, how do I notice that other thing when I'm with somebody or when I'm stuck on like, okay, I've seen that guy a couple times in the last couple of weeks and I don't want to talk about the same things. And it just gives me this little like creativity piece of like, Oh, I wonder how I could just notice something different about them or about their yard or, you know, whatever that might be to kind of keep that conversation going. And I think sometimes I get stuck and a lot of people, I think, get stuck in this, that you've seen them and you're kind of at that level where you kind of know their name and you've said hi. You maybe see them once a month or maybe a couple times, you know, in the month. And, and the same conversation continues to happen. And it never really gets deeper, right? Like you could go years and just know Steve and that's it. Like you might know that he likes basketball or he likes to fish. But other than that, you don't know anything. And so these, this third thing idea helps us notice and, and maybe take that to, let's learn one more thing about Steve. And also maybe on the flip side, I can be more aware of sharing that third thing with people. Like maybe if I'm stuck on a conversation, like finding a way to say, okay, let's share something I'm passionate about. Not in like this weird way, but it could be something that gives them a glimpse into who we are. And you, you mentioned trust, and we've talked about trust a lot in different places. And I think when you share passions and let people see a glimpse of you, that again is vulnerability, it, it gives them some trust in you and like, oh, this person's real or, oh, and then there may be a deeper connection. So I just think there's so much good that can come from these like simple little things and even for you to... To have these stories and to have this new practice, even in a new place with a new lens, if you will, you know, when you go to this block party, there's there's a new lens even in that from your last neighborhood. And I think each of us, as we practice this idea of neighboring and this idea of hospitality, that it's it's an adventure. Like, it's not like, oh, I do this and then I'm good. It's like every time (laughs) I go, it's something new right? It's something different or a different conversation happens, or if I move to a new place or maybe some neighbor moves in that's new and it's just always changing and morphing and it keeps it super exciting. And in some ways that's the good that we see in our hoods.
1: Thank you so much for sharing with us and and being vulnerable here just to share your stories and your posture of learning and growing in that neighboring experience. And so we just are excited that you, you're a neighbor to the people you are in Wichita. So thank you.
0: Christopher, yeah, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation today. And for our listeners out there, please lean into that one thing. Find somebody. It's the little things in life that make all the difference. And so lean into some sort of connection um, this week. Look for a a passion portal, if you will, and uh, go out and be the good in your hood this week.